Hello and welcome to Plot Tris. This I, is Meg. This is Lane. And today we're going to be talking about The Duke I Tempted by Scarlett Peckham. Yep. <laughs> this book was published in 2018 and as usual we're going to read the book jacket first and then we will talk about it. I know Lane has a lot to talk about in this one. Having overcome financial ruin and redeemed his family name to become the most legendary investor in London, the Duke of Westmead needs to secure his holdings by producing an heir, which means he must find a wife who won't discover his secret craving to spend his nights on his knees or make demands on his long, scarred-over heart. Poppy Cavendish is not that type of woman. An ambitious, self-taught botanist designing the garden ballroom in which Westmead plans to woo a bride, Poppy has struggled against convention all her life to secure her hard-won independence. She wants the capital to expand her exotic nursery business, not a husband. But there is something so compelling about Westmead with his starchy bearing and impossibly kind eyes that when an accidental scandal makes marriage to the Duke the only means to save her nursery, Poppy worries she wants more than the title he is offering. The arrangement is meant to be just business, a greenhouse for an heir, but Poppy yearns to unravel her husband's secrets and to tempt the Duke to risk his heart. Ugh. <laughs> so that that is the book jacket. Uh, accurate? Um, yeah. I mean, that, that's the plot summary. <laughs> that is the plot summary. Um, so as usual, we made our own plot summaries based on a random number. And the random number that we generated this week was 13. <laughs> so... All right, so my quick description is the only thing stronger than the matrimonial bonds are a dead family and BDSM. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Thanks, Lauren. Uh-huh. And mine is Duke likes being birched. Now he's in love with a woman named Poplar. <laughs> she, her, her name really is Poplar. It so is. First, first of all, I take issue with the fact that it says she's self-taught because she's not. Her mother was a botanist, which is why her name is Poplar. Right. To begin with. Um, so that part is, is inaccurate. She's not self-taught. Um, but other than that, I, I would say probably is pretty pretty accurate. Yeah, basically, let's just get into it. All right, let's do it. Let's do it, Lane. So what were your thoughts when you were reading First, The Duke I, I Tempted? I want to apologize because we read this one because it was on my Goodreads to read list. <laughs> I don't know how it ended up there. Yeah. I have a lot of regrets. And, and in fact, I would like to also apologize in advance to Scarlett Peckham because we're really going to we're really going to rip you on this one. I'm sorry, girl. This had absolutely everything I hate about romance novels in it. <laughs> I think if someone had handed this to me as my first one, I never would have developed the rampant affection for them that I have now. So first of all, this is tragedy porn. There's a lot of tragedy. Taken up to 11, I think. There's a lot. Um, I think I'm just going to warn ahead. I'm not going to worry about spoiling this one. So if you are interested in um, checking this one out on your own, one, my opinion is really biased, so you're probably better off not listening. And two, I don't think I'm going to be able to refrain from spoiling the heck out of this one. Yeah, so it's, that's that's true. So if you if you do want to read it, like even after that intro, stop now. Uh, go read it, and then you can come back and listen. All right, so <laughs> the Earl... He's a duke. I'm sorry, the duke. Whatever. Come on. 
I, there's a big difference. <laughs> That's how little I cared. The Duke's brother dies in a carriage accident that also killed their mother, making him the Duke. Yeah, so the, our, our hero, whose name, by the way, is Archer. Archer. Well, I guess at the time it made him the Earl. Mm, I, yes. So the current hero at the time was an Earl. Well, his brother was the Earl. The brother died, the mother dies. He becomes the Earl and heir to the dukedom. Um, he had run away with an inappropriate woman. Yes, she was. Not only was she French and older than him, she was also of a different class. She was uh, working as a nursemaid. Yes. So she, he has to come back from France with his wife and young son, who his dad then intentionally murders by lighting their whole house on fire. Yes, he, he takes Archer on a tour of the estate, and while they're away touring he I get I don't know how he arranged it like I don't know who set the fire but the fire was set and they died correct they burned to death they burned to death and then on top of that Poppy Poplar Poppy has this incident in her past where she witnessed her maid being attacked nursemaid being attacked Be by attacked, a man attacked raped and murdered and she, she never saw her again she, never she saw her again. see the murder so she just has assumed this turned out her nursemaid was his wife and he wasn't murdering her. He was giving her the D. <laughs> in, in the barn. In the barn. <laughs> so this is yeah. just, like, it's tragedy porn, and it's a comedy yeah. of... And, but, and that's just the backstory. Like, that's just the backstory. This is not... This doesn't happen in the book. Oh, no. No, no. And this is all revealed in pieces, which is why I said giant spoiler Yeah, warning. yeah. Um, okay. So... It's also horribly written... It's, it's not very well written, no. It's this her first book. So this is Scarlett Peckham's first book. Um, I will say that in general, authors' writing improves as they write more. Um, I mean, if you read early Julia Quinn, for example, who I think is a great writer now, it, it's not great. She falls into some of the same traps as, as here. But it's... it's it's a slog. It's, it's tough to get through. So my, the particular line that <laughs> struck both Meg and I during one of their early encounters with one another is she is in close proximity to him and aware of his physical response to her proximity. And she thinks that the botanist in her is, is really into his erection. Yeah. Like, she was like, yes, I, well, I think it was more, okay, if she had said scientist, would have made so much more sense. But the, she didn't. The only thing I can think of as the link between those two things is the verb sprung. <laughs> oh my god! I mean, I was thinking more of like I don't know. Is it a a new shoot? <laughs> I really I don't, don't sprung. I stand by what I said. Um, so that we, I I read that and I immediately texted Lane. I was like, wait, the botanist in her? What? I it just it that just didn't. There was no. No, no logical connection. It was really like, it was like Mad Libs. They like threw a word, you know, choose a scientific profession. Well, but like you said, all these women in these historicals are botanists. If they want to be brainy, yeah. but not in an intimidating way, they've got to be botanists. Yeah. And she's a little bit different because she's less interested in it as a scientific pursuit and more as a business venture. She yes. wants to run a greenhouse. But um, still, I mean, they specifically say botanist, botanist, botanist. Yes. Um, or they, as in... Scarlet mm-hmm. specifically says botanist, 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 the the whole time, and not businesswoman, you know, whatever. Yeah. Um. So I, so I personally just what was tough for me about this book is that there was nothing fun about it. Like there was nothing fun. There was no time that I laughed. 
There was no time that I smiled. They never have any fun together. They don't. It's true. It's like very, there's like sexual tension. Mm -hmm. It's high drama. And lots of drama. But they they don't like go to a play together. They don't read the same books and then talk about them. Like there's, they don't, they dance together twice. But even then it's like kind of, it's not like fun. Yeah. Yeah. He's like making a statement. Yeah. Right. Right. It's like Darcy and Elizabeth dancing. Except... That's an insult to Jane Austen. <laughs> well, I was going to say except that... Well, anyway. Except not. <laughs> except, like, way worse. <laughs> oh, she also makes up curse words, we think? We're not sure. Uh, okay, yeah. So she uses the word codding quite a few times, like where you would probably say sodding. Although she's not spelling it wrong because she also does use the word sodding right. in places. We, like, literally looked this up to try to figure out, like, if it's an actual vulgarity that would have been used back then. We, we could find no firm evidence. We found evidence that it's a word. It's a word in Irish slang. And so, like, yes, they do use it. But it means, like, kidding. It means I'm kidding. Oh, he was codding. Right, we think. So basically what we can't figure out is whether or not this word was used appropriately in this context. Yeah. It is a word. It is a word. We don't think it was appropriate unless they were trying to make it funny. But either way, like if you're writing a romance novel and what I'm caught up on is your use of like slang curse words. Yeah. It's... One use of it would not have drawn my attention. If I'm... Meg notices this stuff a lot, but if I'm noticing... Mm -hmm. Uh, the abundance of a strange word, it's overused. Yeah. yeah. Well, and then there was another time where, in the same sentence, he she used the word, both the words blasted and bloody. But blasted is, like, the nice way of saying bloody. So it's like, why would you do that? It was like that blasted Earl with his bloody letters. Like, it doesn't, doesn't right. make sense. So that, that was an issue for me. Uh, and then just the writing in general is very, very purple prose. Yup. So the, the sentence I wrote down, because it really did make me laugh. So, like, this is where I got my enjoyment, sadly, from this book. So the sentence she wrote is, His face was poetry, haggard with quiet devastation. And then, immediately following this, she, Poppy, recognizes him as the person who murdered her nursemaid. Yes. So I, I'm not sure why his face being poetry haggard with devastation made her think that. But I mean, I guess that's what he looks like when he's a, in the throes of orgasm. That it does. It's not what happens in the book. But I'm just like I'm trying to figure out. And there's no real connection. But anyway. No. And once again, he wasn't murdering her nursemaid. He was having sex with her and yeah. then running away with her to marry yeah. her. Easy confusion. Yeah. Well, and also like if her nursemaid really loved her because apparently like she has these amazing memories of Bernadette and how wonderful she was and she's where she got her ideas of what love is and blah 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 like wouldn't Bernadette like just leave her a note you know what I mean you're thinking about this too hard well I know but like (laughs) even just like you know I love you so much I'm not leaving because of you I don't know you know what I mean I wasn't murdered in the night well I mean she didn't even have to say that because she probably didn't think she would think she was murdered right but just like I love you I don't know bye Bernadette right anyway (laughs) Okay, uh, some tropes. What are what are the tropes? Um, so you've got... So I, I wrote down, you don't know you're beautiful. So this is another one where she thinks she's convinced that she's too manly because of her um, scientific interests. Also, she doesn't wear nice clothes, like her clothes are. She's, um, she's not rich. 
No. They're not of this they're of the same social class as as in she is a lady, he is a gentleman, but she does not match him at in all. terms of money at all. Um one of the ones for me is that cross class relationship. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Because with his first wife it was definitively yeah, yeah. cross it was cross class, it was May December, it was yeah. all of that. And even with her there is a degree of A little bit of that, yeah, yeah. Suitability to being a judges. Yeah. Yeah. And she's convinced, of course, that she won't make a good duchess. Well, and this whole thing is based on marriage of convenience tropes. He's looking for a marriage of convenience. Yeah, he's looking for a marriage of convenience because he likes to be whipped and... He he, doesn't want his wife to know. He just wants heirs. And this is also another trope, the utterly contemptible heir. Yeah, yeah, he could never let this person inherit because, you know, he would just run the estate into the ground, blah, blah, blah. Well, and they had those... The tortured childhood, where he had to send his sister away, yeah. so he's also taking care of his sister. I'm telling you, tragedy born. It's there's a lot, there's a lot in there, um, and then like my biggest pet peeve is is present, and and we talked about this in our intro, but my biggest pet peeve is you can have angst in the book. I'm not gonna stop reading your book just because there's some angst, there's some tragedy in there, but what I will hate about the book is when the angst comes from the relationship, and that is the source. And the end of the conflict is that they do not talk to each other. Yes. Like, l- literally, every time they have sex, they then have some kind of fight or misunderstanding. Immediately. In- immediately. They run away from each other, and they don't talk. In one, there's one they don't talk for a week. Another time they don't talk, like, I'm not kidding, three months. Yeah. So, like, Yeah. I, this is, when you can clear up the conflict in your book by sitting down and having one frank conversation, there's no true conflict in your book. Right. You know? Like, it, it's all made up. Yes, and, and this is so made up. He has, obviously, as we've discussed, real tragedy in his backstory, and that's just not really addressed at any point. I also don't know where to put this, if it's in the overall review or in the sexiness, but this book plays into the... BDSM as sim- like symptoms of a mental illness mm-hmm. or as like a part of grief processing like as a replacement for therapy or as yeah. an extension of what's wrong with a man yeah which like we can thank 50 shades of gray for because this is really recent yeah i mean it's it's to me anyway it's obvious that the the part of the reason she made him kinky this way is because now there's a market for it. It's not that there wasn't a market for it before, because there definitely was. Mm-hmm. And I will be looking at some other books that played with this idea from before Fifty Shades. But I think that I think the main difference is before that book came out, you those novels would set it not in the terms of like this is a BDSM relationship, but somehow their relationship would be sort of just this fantasy relationship. Mm-hmm. You know, like it's all happening, but we're not going to address it. And now, I think people are really addressing that. But like, there, he uses a safe word um, at one part of the point. Right, and, and I think talks it's... talks about aftercare. And that, that doesn't bother right. me. What it's bothered me here is, one, specifically, he likes to kind of be humiliated. Uh-huh. Which, to begin with, is just not my thing. It inherently creates an imbalance. Like, just th- th- that one's personal, no kink shaming, that one's just not my thing. But... He also then uses it as therapy. It's a symptom of what's wrong with him. Mm-hmm. Giving it up is what he needs to do to reform himself, mm-hmm. ultimately, in the end. And, like, wrapping up, 
sex as like a necessary treatment or any like mm-hmm. bothers me fundamentally. Yeah. So this I would class under offensiveness. Uh, Honestly. Yeah. Well, this whole book could be classed under offensiveness, <laughs> Meg, so I don't really... But look, I'm just saying at least... So we're saying it's offensive. They're using BDSM as, as some kind of therapy. Like, he explicitly was like, this is how I recovered from the death of my wife and child. Like, this is how I came back to myself. But he also it talks about it as, like, this is something I need. Yeah. To get through my life. Yeah. And, girl, if your husband is still seeing his dom and you don't know about her behind your back, it is cheating. Yeah. It is not, like, an emotional thing. He's fulfilling a need. It is cheating. The end. Yeah. It, it is. And, of course, she, by the end, she discovers that she's a natural. Dumb. Um, well, top. Yeah. And so she's like, oh, this is great. Uh, I never even knew that I had these desires, but now I can fulfill them. And what really bothers me about that is, the, so this book has a lot of sex scenes or mm-hmm. like sexual encounters yeah and they once again as we said don't communicate before or after before or after and there's a scene sort of in the middle of the book where she tries to push his limits to get him to open up to her through sex and they end up in this weird thing where they're hurling insults at each other and she's like sort of enjoying putting him down and he's really enjoying being put down but because they don't talk about it like she feels gross afterward Mm -hmm. and some of the things he said were really horrible and unforgivable Mm -hmm. and she didn't think he was saying them in the context of a sex game she you know thought they were fighting yeah and so the way that whole scene went down felt so disgusting and not really consensual yeah in that like they were both coming at it from such different perspectives that that was sort of the moment like don't get me wrong this book was not good beforehand but that was the moment when I just started skimming. Yeah. So, yeah, so that happens immediately following their encounter because it was in the in his office. Library, office obviously. study, whatever. Um, so she runs off to her room and, and cries, like cries, sobs on, in the floor of her Because her she closet. feels dirty for what she, she did. She feels really bad for she enjoying it. She feels bad about what they've... Right, it's... And then he uh, goes back to his room and he thinks wow maybe she actually likes this i'm gonna tell her about everything tomorrow but then the next day rolls around and she is like let's forget what just happened because i feel awful i'm sure you can agree we're not going to talk about it and instead of sitting her down and saying actually i think we do need to talk about it he just goes okay you're right and then the next chapter is three months go by yeah three months it's ridiculous. With them just, like, being strangers in the same house, right. engaging only to the bare minimum. There's also some B-plot about her taking and not taking contraception. You that was weird. That was weird. Yeah. And the other thing is, during this three-month period, you know for a fact he goes to his dominatrix once without permission. You, you know that... You or know knowledge. for sure he goes once. But it is unclear. It, it is unclear. I mean, it's not textual, so it is not in the text that he visits her any other time than this one. And in fact, there were two or three times where he was planning on going, but doesn't. But there's also then these huge week-to-month-long gaps. gaps in the story. You don't know what happens. Where you don't know what happens. And it's not like he thinks in character that he didn't go. Yeah. Yeah, he, that's true. Um, I, I definitely think it would have been proved. I mean, just one, you just need one sentence or one paragraph um, right before he goes that one time. Because, of course, the time he goes, they have another terrible fight. 
<laughs> and he's like, sorry. Immediately post-coital. Don't worry. It's the first time they've had, like, sex that wasn't transactional in three months. And yeah. then they fight immediately. And they fight. And he, like, trashes her set. He, like, trashes it, which is pretty crummy. Uh, anyway, he heads out to... So, but it's, like, a lot of emotional turmoil and blah, blah, blah. And, like, I'm going to be completely honest here. I probably could have forgiven it if it were 100% sure that that was the only time mm-hmm. that he did. And he did it immediately following this this... Emotional turmoil. Do you, you see what I mean? I do. I was just so over it by yeah. then already. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, when she goes and finds him there, she's like, wait a minute. This is something that we could be doing. This is great. <laughs> and goes she goes back later to meet the dom, and it's like, um, can, I, can I get some lessons from you? <laughs> and, of course, he's given up his membership in the Secret Sex Club, so yeah. she gets his membership. She takes his membership, so she goes to get some pointers but then he's got his own secret sex dungeon in their townhouse. Or, I guess, their suburban manor. Because that's where her greenhouse is. Yeah. And then there's the the one... These characters do not have anything in common. Yeah. They have no fun together. Well, they, what they have in common is that they are good at business. Yeah, okay. They're, they're both business people. Um, fundamentally, I did not, like, see the chemistry... The sexiness was super low for me because I didn't care about the people. Like, mm-hmm. I wasn't interested in whether or not they got together. I was frustrated by so many parts of the book yeah. that it was just difficult to, like, lose myself in the story. Yeah. Or lose myself in their interactions with one another. But I will give Scarlett Peckham one piece of credit. Okay, Saving Grace, I will say this is the only novel I have ever read, and I did enjoy this, where he proves his love to her by offering her a divorce and even I appreciated that plot point so basically after he's she's caught him she's caught his dominatrix and he doesn't know how she took it the only thing he knows is the last time that they got a little bit kinky she flipped out and said we're never talking about this again so he goes to her and says like I promised in this marriage of convenience I wouldn't take anything from you so here are divorce papers basically saying you get everything and as a part of it I yeah. will humiliate myself and admit I'll, to my I'll thing ta- if I need all, you. I will take all the blame for this for the divorce. And I will give you full everything. control over everything. You get all you get like all my money you get the greenhouse you get everything you wanted from the marriage um, everything I promised you. Yeah. And, and you don't need to actually be married to me. Right. Um, which 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 I liked. I just didn't see where that was coming from in his character beforehand. Like, the individual yeah. moment was really good, and mm-hmm. I, like, I agree with you. Making divorce romantic was a trope I had not yeah, seen Yeah, I've never seen it before, so that was kind of, that was, it, it was, was unique. It was clever. It was fun. Yeah. Oh, also, but before that, she also has to almost die in a fire, too. Oh, yeah, she almost dies in a fire, just like <laughs> his first wife and child. And she's mad? She goes into... She's mad because he saves her from the flames. Right. Mm-hmm. And she doesn't understand why he's upset that she went into literally save drawings. Yeah. Even though she knows his first wife and child were killed in a fire? Yeah. I guess it's definitely... I said one nice thing about this book, so I had to... Well, there's one other nice thing that's also kind of funny, is that the the dedication of this book is um, to my grandmother and all of the other women in my family who left romance novels around for me to read. So we, we saw the dedication, and we're like, oh, that's cute. But also she... This is she not dedicated. the book I would dedicate to my grandma. Right, right. That, that's where I was going with that one. <laughs> At all. And no. so we kind of haven't covered this just because we were talking more about the emotional elements of the sex. I'd say in terms of BDSM and even like what I've 
encountered in the romance novel community. This is pretty light. It's not, yeah. I mean, it's not, um, I would agree with that. It's, I mean, it's also not, not BDSM. Right, but it's... Like, there are definite beatings, there's definite mm. humiliation, um, but blindfolding, things like that. There's three scenes involving beatings, and two of them are administered by his dominatrix. Yeah. It's not, like, between the two characters. It's yeah. not... It's definitively BDSM, but I think it's... Most of their relationship is not. Yeah. And I would say, in terms of how graphically everything is described... It's not the most graphic I've encountered. Yeah. No, it's not. I just hated it so much. And it, it, it's not the sex that... No, 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 no. I think... I, I hope you're understanding yeah. my point, dear listener. Like, I am <laughs> pissed off about the dynamic between the two characters and the way that their sex life plays into that. Yeah. Not necessarily the kink itself. Yeah. So, so I think that wraps up our talk about this book. Uh, I will say that there... So, Lane is done with Scarlet. Peckham, sorry. Yep. Sorry to Scarlet. Uh, she has already written a sequel that just came out uh, called The Earl I Ruined. Um, I think that I might give it a chance just because this really was her first book and I, I'm interested to see if anything changes. Um, but you may not ever hear about it on Plot Trist because... <laughs> Lane, I don't think, will be reading it. I was a full rage monster when I finished this book. Like, I cannot express to you, there is nothing I hate more than unnecessary tragedy mixed with ambiguous consent. And that this book is that so far. And, like, it's not even charming. Yeah. There's nothing, Meg said this to me, like, there is nothing fun or funny about this at all. To me, that's, that's the biggest issue with this book is that, there, there's no part of it that I was like, that's a cute scene, or that's really fun, or I laughed out loud. Like, there's no place in there that that happened. I laughed out loud when I found out that her nursemaid was his <laughs> wife, and she thought he'd murdered her yes. with sex. Well, that was unintentionally, unintentional humor, so I can't count that. <laughs> Sorry, Lane. Doesn't count. I am rarely... I'm just really bored. Yeah. Of... Any, like, sexual proclivity being used in place of character development. Yeah. I think that's probably Fifty Shades of Grey is somewhat to blame. Yeah. But I think that that's kind of become a little bit of a trope. They're really... All character development is expressed sexually, if at all. Yeah. And I am bored to tears of that. Yeah. So I don't recommend it, if anyone can't tell. If you're wondering where I was going to go with this. <laughs> um, I, I unfortunately cannot recommend it either. Uh, although I did... I didn't hate it as much as Lane. <laughs> if Meg can't convince me to read the next one, maybe yeah. we'll do, like, a review on the Instagram or something. Yeah, we'll, we'll see. Like, I'm going to read it, and I'm going to say, Lane, like, you, never mind. Like, you were 100% right. Or I'm going to say, just try it and tell me. So this we'll was see. The Duke I Tempted by Scarlett Peckham. I wish I could take it back. I can't. <laughs> Um, so, if you've read it and you loved it, I'd really love to know why, in all sincerity. Like, maybe, like, if you, this is your kink, it hits all the right spots. Like, yeah, maybe so. Maybe, like, not talking to your partner is what you want out of your marriage, but... Or, that, like, that was the biggest part for me. Is a fantasy, like, the idea of only communicating sexually? I guess that's only, a thing. Only communicating through... Orgasms? Evil notes. Ooh, and evil notes. Yeah. So, um... 
If you enjoyed it, please rate, review, and subscribe. We're going to be bringing you two new episodes every week. Yeah. Um, we're on Instagram at Plotris, and we can also be reached via email at plotris at gmail.com. Yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. I'm sorry. <laughs>